They're taking Jerrigan pot strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of a top-end pub. So I'm out the front and I'm mowing the lawns in my undies, of course. Hey, oh Jesus, is that the time? Smith! Oh, showtime. Yeah, let's go. Quick, drink up. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. It's just about the perfect time to be mowing the lawns in your undies. Why would you be wearing any other clothes at this time of the year? As we get well and truly into the uh, sweaty jock rot build-up season. This is Tales from the Tinny, live on a Friday, a Saturday morning, streamed live on the ABC Listen app, or whether you're listening via podcast across the nation or the globe on Apple Podcasts, on the ABC Listen app via abc.net.au forward slash tinny or ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook. I am Timothy Moore. This is Packy Andy. How are you, fella? Uh, I'm excited. Not so much about the jock rot, but about the build-up and the time the big girls come to town, the big barra. And there is some evidence this week, Fishos, that that time is upon us. Absolutely. There's evidence out there, and we've been gathering it. Over the past couple of weeks, we've heard of coastal Big Barra, along those kind of oyster rocks, along foreshores, in more remote parts. Some people land-based, getting big girls. Now this week, meteries in Fog Bay doing a similar thing off those coastal rocks. At Coburg, it's full of tuna and mackies, pelagics everywhere. Uh, There are meteries at Shady turning up. Shady meteries and some shady intel too. The Vic is fishing well, particularly over the neat tides. And Shoal Bay's picking up as well, not surprising as it warms up. Bob Morris, the Shoal Bay guru. Yeah, between two and six, keeping an eye on when it gets murky. He's got all the Shoal Bay intel. Sounds like it's going well too. Shoal Bay, Vic, Shady, Coburg, Fog Bay, all fishing well. But it's never all rosy on Tales from the Tinny. It's not, never all rosy for any fisher in the top end the trials and tribulations, the heartache of hearing those catching meteries. And then you head to corroborate. Ouch. They didn't have a console. A console? Remember the console from last week with the 25 monitors? Wow, they needed uh, an operations room. They didn't have the situation situation room. room. The wrap-up of how that fished on tails from the tinny. I've been fishing this one spot for about six years now. Mangrove jacks, queenies, the whole lot, but I've never caught a barra. Decided in the morning, because I could, to go down and have a cast. And on the last cast, whack, and everything stops. It's like the world stops. By this stage, my tolerance is like commando style for midges. It was working all the way up the legs, the ankles. 
inner thighs. That pain went away when I slipped and cut my leg open on an oyster rock. That then became the focus. Continued to sort of slip down these rocks, trying to keep the tension, of course, on the fish. And then eased into the comfort of some cold mud. So I'm fighting this fish now at water level, which was the objective. Of course, when you go fishing like this and you haven't caught anything that big for six years, you don't take a landing net, uh, you don't take grips, you don't take anything. I did have a small pair of electrical pliers in my pocket, performed a little bit of surgery, walked back up my street holding, very proudly, a 73-centimetre saltwater barra. There was a trail of blood up the road. Some of the blood was the fish's and the rest of the blood was mine. But I tell you what, my chest hit the front door five minutes before the rest of my body. I don't think I've ever been so proud. I had cars pulling over saying, where'd you get that? And of course the answer is very casually, yeah, just down in the street, like I do it every day. Little did they know that, that was a six-year project. Tales from the Tinny. That's how he rolls. Packy Andy. That's what gave him the credibility, talking himself up. We were one of those people. You know, how, where'd you get that, mate? Oh, yeah, do this every day. Sour, sour roll. One of the incidents that gave him the kudos to be invited onto Tales from the Tinny in Rob Smith's absence. Little did we know, a six-year project. <laughs> I got what a highlight for you, though, Andy. Angling is a sport, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster. It's a bull and bear market. And we don't always hear about the bears. Don't always hear about the bears. No, you don't. We invite you to to share those yarns as much as those of the bulls on Tales from the Tinny. Fishing at abc.net.au oh! Well, the Ayatollah of the DKVR, Warren DeWitt, is away again, you guessed it, either fishing or more than likely camp drafting. In his absence, the Cardinal steps up to the plate, or probably more appropriate to call you the Vicar, of the Vic River. Harry Renfrey, how are you, mate? Not too bad, boys. How are you? Good, man. President of the uh, Catherine Game Fishing Club as well. Warren had said last week that it was likely to be a good weekend on the on the Vic with the neap tides. How did it fish? Yeah, it took a while. Uh, that wind was a little bit um, hectic there till the morning, but uh, once all that settled down, Tim, the, she, uh, she fired up, the water cleaned up, the water dropped out, and... Um, yeah, I think there was, yeah, you know, they fished solid. They weren't, oh, there was one, one big report from a local fella, Jack Wright. He got one, I think it was 103. Ourselves, I had a boat full of kids with my brother. And, um, yeah, look, there was some solid fish there up to, well, we boated fish up to 65, but we, we lost, you know, we lost a few. So, no, things were good. Harry, technique at this time of the year, what's your strategy and uh, is it working? <laughs> yeah, it did. Andy, I'm a, um, I'm a live baiter, but um, we have, we you know, we're starting to change our strategy this time of year. How's we it, talk, how's it looked upon by the club that the president is the live baiter, Harry? Oh, no, they'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, and every, you know, like Darwin and you fellas who are staunch, these blokes are staunch little fellas, but you go fishing, don't you, boys? And um, we fish and uh, we get, you know, we fish, we take the kids fishing, everyone enjoys it, everyone gets the fish, but yeah, this is on the weekend, we plug the lures and... Um, because of the cleaner water, and yeah, we found we found some nice fish there. We didn't we didn't worry about the baits too much, but um, no, the fish are there holding on the snags, and you know they're 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 playing the game at the moment, so it's good. How critical is it to keep moving on the Vic till you find that really nice clean water, Harry? Yeah, no, that was important um, because of wind and the 
the tide well it ran in for strong for about an hour hour and a half we did soak a couple of baits then just while the tides settled down and then it started to run back out again which was good and but clean water is essential if you don't you can't the vic's not vic's a primary baiting river up until the neeps tides yeah no we the clean water is definitely the, the key when you're soaking lures out there and primarily just pegging those lures at the uh, likely looking snags or where you're seeing well, them holding up on the sounder we're just trolling deep snags like at you know there's if you can find structure a good runner structure in that uh, you know that 10 12 13 foot then um you'd want to want to mark your line and keep running up and down until you you know they're there you can see that there it's just a matter of trying to get them to bite and they did do that later in the tide on saturday afternoon Harry, what sort of condition were the fish in as a general sort of comment? Yeah, no, they're beautiful fish. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they, we got one, oh, it's, you know, silver here, but then the next one was a gold greeny girl, oh, you know, a bit bigger, but they're fat and they're fighting hard. Yeah, they, they were good. Yeah. Uh, some yarns from the Roper too, uh, upstream, is it, Harry? Yeah, in the in the uh, fresh, you know, a couple of hours from Catherine, I suppose, you can get down on there any sort of, Along there, and there's a couple of young fellas that are fishing pretty hard. You probably would have heard of the Furman, those Tom and Sam. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah they, they go hard, those fellas. They do. And, um, yeah, and no, I've had them. They work for me for a bit too, but I saw some. I've had a had a yarn to them, and they got one there. They got uh, they got 99 on, on Saturday night, I think. So that's it. And it was a nice-looking fish too. Bloody hell. Yeah. And then that's, you know, there's been some good fish coming out of those, those rope of pools. So, um they're just hanging on the snags and you can get them trolling or flicking and I think they're, they're both fishing pretty well, the upstream areas on the Vic and the Roper. Sometimes you feel that water might get too hot, like late November, December, but, you know, you feel it and you go, oh, jeez, it's a bit hot. But um, the, the, this time from now on to those real extreme conditions, I think fish as well on that neat fish lure type water. Yeah, and then if, if we get keen, we can go whenever we can go. We just go down the bottom and fish baits. Good on you, Harry. Yeah, no worries, boys. Okay, see ya. Low. Tag. Link. Like. Most. Tag. Follow. Shoot it. Share it. Upload. Shout it. Give us a hoi. We spoke last week, uh, Timmy, about the illegal trade of black dewy swim bladders, considered a delicacy in some of the Asian countries, medicinal benefits, aphrodisiac potentially. That's what they mean in Asia when they say medicinal benefits. It means Viagra, doesn't it? Viabladder. Up to 500 bucks a kilogram, so it must be good gear. Um, serious issue, though. It's apparently becoming a really big deal. Of course, the police are all over it. John Pinney is with the Water Police. Here's what he had to say. Northern Territory Police are aware that there is an emerging issue with the illegal sales of black jewfish swim bladders. It's something that has been growing over time because of rising international demand. There is a legitimate trade in that sale of black jewfish swim bladders. However, what we're trying to look at is anybody who is diverting recreational catch or even worse, and the big issue is changing the nature of their fishing so they're specifically targeting those fish and therefore increasing the take of a species which is uh, already overfished. Tony made the sound observation, why don't the Chinese just watch internet porn like normal fishers? G'day Katrina, Katrina again. Hey blokes, had another session out of town hall on Friday night. Turn to the low and this time 
We were prepared with plenty of beer. It was pretty rough going for a while out there. Turns out we were the only nutcases willing to give it a crack. I nearly fell out of the tinny a few times, but managed to keep my footing, thankfully. No Mackies, unfortunately, but hubby got a 90-centimetre cobia, which was absolutely delicious. She sold it to me. It sounds better and better every week. Cobia? A town hall? Maybe it is more common than... I thought most most people just went there targeting Jewies. Anyway, we got a little Jewy too. No monster, but 62 centimetres. I was pretty stoked. My new PB. A few beers to celebrate, and it was a happy, happy days. And g'day to you, Wally Van Dam. This one was curious, to say the least. At ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook, the message came through from Wally. Morning, boys. How are they hanging? Hope all is fine up there. We'll be back home soon. Anyway, love the podcast. But ah, all good. We'll send pics of a fishing trip down here in the desert. Okay, get a mullet up here. P.S. More until later. Out. I don't know. George, you might not know this yarn, Andy. Uh, got up to some banana pranks with Glenn Hubble. And as a result, suffered two hard years of bad karma. Lost his trolling motor, broke the leg on his boat, and ended up after... A, a series of stuff-ups, sinking his boat out of the Tiwis. Banana Karma Drama Boat, back in the water today for the first time, says George, running in the new engine. Congratulations, George. Well done. You mentioned the Hubbles, Timmy. Uh, Alastair Hubble, Hard Yards Hubble, Harry Hard Yards, and the partner, uh, Alicia the Kiwi. So Alastair Hubble is the son of Hard Yards Hubble, who yeah. is Glenn Hubble. Mm. And Harry Hardyard Senior is Senior Hubble, hard as a rock. And the partner is Alicia Hubble. That's a lot of Hubbles. Yeah. They're a dangerous crew to get involved with late on a Friday afternoon. I can I can give you the tip. What do you call a group of Hubbles? An AA meeting. <laughs> That's not fair. A disaster is what you <laughs> That's not fair either. Play on. Anyway, they went for a fish. The whole family. They've gone for a fish. They've caught a lot of small stuff. A soap opera. There you go. You call it a soap opera. Sorry. A soap opera of Hubbles. Yeah, it's a soap opera of Hubbles. Once upon a time, a soap opera of Hubbles went to the harbour. They caught a whole lot of uh, small redfish and they said, look, we're going to spice this up. We'll just put one of the little redfish on and make that some bait. And they've succeeded. They've landed a monster, monster mac off this live bait. Uh, they say it was pretty angry. It didn't want to come aboard, but with the fine skills of my dad and the gaff, mm. I don't know about that. We've seen some of the Hubble's fine skills, haven't mm. we, with mm. the, the donkey thrashers and the injuries? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, those fine skills, according to uh, the young fella, said it was high fives all round, and they were all completely stuffed. Sounds like a soap opera. ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook is the place to give us a hoy. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a hoy. Subscribe to the Tales from the Tinny podcast and you'll be able to pull a refreshing, thirst-quenching, truth-bending fishing yarn whenever you want. Subscribe to the podcast at abc.net.au slash tinny on the ABC Listen app or your preferred podcast provider to hear more yarns like this. Meg from Humpty Doo. Hit a uh, bit of a milestone out at Shady on the weekend, Meg. Yep, it was a good day. We went out to Shady Camp and thought we'd try out the new ramp because we hadn't seen it yet. Got there pretty early, about 6, six o'clock. It was still a bit dark, so 
There's an ibis here, it wants to get in on your chat here, Meg. <laughs> yeah, I'm not keen on those birds, eh? <laughs> oh, it likes you. <laughs> uh, back to it. How was the ramp? Oh, it was awesome. It was really, really good. Yeah, done a good job. It's um, easy easy to see where you're going. A couple of little cat's eyes along the edges wouldn't go astray. But, yeah, no dramas getting in and out, especially getting out later on. Um, yeah, you can line up against the edges and nobody's getting all antsy about cutting in and waiting out in the water. So it was good. We went out to the to the front, out to the mouth there. It was probably there, not even half an hour. And just trawling along and um, all of a sudden, bang, it was pretty hard hit she jumped out of the water straight up started reeling her in and yeah she jumped again and again got her to the side of the boat and actually realized how big she was and I'm doing the dance (laughs) what did she go uh 105 yeah (laughs) 105 yeah so it was that was a good effort so she broke my brand new net that's all cable tied together now so (laughs) well that's bittersweet isn't it yeah (laughs) I can live with that though took my photos and everybody had a good look at her and yeah let her go back and this is your uh this is your second metering yeah my my last one was three years ago and she was a 108 yeah i've been led to believe that that this fish you caught on exactly the same lure as the one the metering from three years ago yep she's um she's the lucky one i might have to get it made into a necklace or something when it's when it's when it's had its day. <laughs> Sounds like it hasn't had its day yet. No, I know, I'll be using it a lot more yet. Is she in need of, uh, of new trebles and split rings after this effort? Um, it had brand new ones on there, so she's all good for now. She's got a bit of paint missing off her. She's a bit scratched up, but... Poor dear. Yeah, <laughs> poor love. <laughs> all right, talk us through your other fish. How'd you go? Um, oh, probably about half an hour later, I got a thready that was um, 88 and then to the tail was 105. And then I got a 76 barra, which I got to keep, and it was tasty as. Nobody else caught anything for the day, just me. Nothing? Nothing. <laughs> oh, hubby got like a, I don't know even what it was, shit fish. <laughs> Jag- Fowl jagged it in the bum, so... <laughs> jagged in the bum. Oh, God. The indignity. Yeah, it was a bit shameful, but yeah, <laughs> let that one go. So you were the you were the holder of the the mana the mojo today. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that was it. I um, my husband said everybody else was just my bitch. <laughs> By the time I'd got my third big fish, everyone was starting to get a bit peeved with the whole deal, and I um went up to the front of the boat to get something. Turned around and young fellas in my seat with my rod, yeah, ready to go. So <laughs> I thought that was a bit rough. <laughs> oh, he thought it was. You thought it was where you were sitting that was doing uh, it for uh, you? Well, the sitting or, or my rod or whatever it was. But, yeah, he just got a brand new rod for his birthday that day and he, yeah, he abandoned it and took mine. <laughs> I love it. So he's like, new rod, nah, stuff this. I want what you're doing. Yeah, it doesn't catch, so I'll take mum's rod that's caught everything today. <laughs> yep. What was being said on the boat when you were nailing all this fish and, and everybody else was just jagging fish in the bump? Oh, I don't really know if I can repeat some of the things that were being said. There were some pretty unhappy campers. <laughs> yeah. Every time I went, oh, oh, everybody was jumping around and yeah, I was like, oh, come on, you can't be that lucky. So it goes from uh, sharing the joy to, look, get out of the way, give yeah. me a seat, give me a rod. Just sit down, it's it's our turn. (laughs) Yeah, can you make us some sandwiches now? It's our turn. (laughs) 
Pretty much. Yeah, is it lunchtime yet? Come on. <laughs> Make us some sandwiches. Unbelievable. Look, Meg, good luck with the rest of the build-up and I um, hope your next meter comes within three years. Yeah, me too. We'll be out there again in a couple of weeks, so hope we'll get another one. Make me sandwiches? I, yeah. If Abby came at you with that, Dad's catching all the fish, Abby's not. Abby takes over your rod and says, make me sandwiches, Dad. Fair suck of the saveloid. <laughs> I would have had my mouth washed out with soap, had to say about 20 Hail Marys, and then got flogged with the strap if I'd pulled that on my old... My old dear! Shady metery, though. Same lure as the first, 88 Thready, 76 Barra. Hubby, foul hooking one in the bum. Perfect trip out for Meg, other than the smart-ass kids. Just demonstrated their hurt. I wonder what went in the sandwiches. I wonder if they were special sandwiches. (laughs) A little bit of tin chicken or something. Yeah, here's some pilchard. Here's some, here's some, here's some squid and pilly, son. Hey, Saus- hey, sausage rolls. How do you like them apples? Hey? How's Meg's ibis phobia, though? The bin chicken, the, uh, the tip turkey, the dumpster diver, the winged rubbish rat. Oh, the poor old maligned and misunderstood territory ibis. There's a crocodile trap there, but sort of don't take any notice of that. We drove past their boat and hurled the one and a half metre croc into theirs. They all vacated the boat very quickly. Off like a bride's nighty. Yes. Tales from the Tinny. <laughs> G'day, I'm Jed from Rabbit Creek. Otherwise known as Lord Tarpon. You've been targeting a few, have you? Yeah, tarpons are always on the menu. Can't beat Tarpon pound for pound. Give it a rest, Andy. What have you actually been targeting, Lord Tarpon? Uh, pelagics and focusing on GTs. Coburg, around uh, Reuben Coopers, up, up at Willoughby. Good trip. We got there and the water was clean. Um, plenty of life around. Lots of Mackies and tuna, like everywhere. So it was, it was good. They were just travelling between islands and they were so thick we got the fly out. Even when the pod moved on... Um, you just look at the sounder and, and they were still... I think the Mackies were han- hanging under the, the tunas, so drop a jig down and we got a couple of good Mackies doing that. Was the water temperature cool too to keep those tuna around in big numbers, which you might have thought is a bit unusual for mid to late September? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water is definitely a lot cooler than what I thought it would be. It was about 28 to 29 degrees, so it doesn't sound cool, but it actually is cool, I reckon. What sort of gear were you using to target the pelagics? For the Mackies and, and uh, tuna and queenies and stuff like that, we, we go pretty light, like uh, P3, which is sort of 30 to 40 pound line and, and 5,000 sized reels, which is pretty standard. And for the, the GTs, which hang on the pressure and, and uh, reefs and stuff like that, we, we run pretty heavy gear like P6 to P10, which is 130 pound main line with 200 pound litre sort of thing, casting, all casting. We just sort of island hop and... Depending on the tide, some like a high will work for one spot and a low will work for a different spot. So we just spend we've spent quite a bit of time over the years up there, and it's always it's always new learning. So yeah, we've got a few high tide spots, low tide spots. Some the low tides will be good because reef will be exposed. So then you want to find on a high a, a, a like a, a taller reef. So when the tide actually comes up, you've got a little bit of reef exposed. So you, it, it'll work better with the high tide. 
What was the bird action like? Not a lot of bird action because the fish was so thick like a pot of tuna would come through and the birds would stick with that pot and then another pod would just start busting up around the boat without birds on it so it was just so thick it was really good to see it was really healthy life up there at the moment. How did the uh, tuna on fly go? Tuna on fly is very challenging up at Coburg because you don't often get days without any wind so <laughs> it was very frustrating casting a fly in 15 knots. We had a couple of eats at the boat and, and just lost the fish, <laughs> which was heartbreaking, but you get that. Other highlight captures? We were chasing trevallies and we sort of aim for always a 20, 20 kilo fish. So a 20 kilo fish makes a good trip and we got two. We got a 27 and a 24, so it was good. What, anything under that is unacceptable? Yeah, yeah. You yep. said high standards. Yeah. Well, it's not really hot. They're not actually giants. Like, that's, that's pretty small for trevallies. But for us, it's, it's good fun. And they pull a bit of line, so it's good. What about the road? I don't know if that road ever is good. We had a couple of nice stretches, and the graders are always on that road. But there was just some really, really bad sections of the road. We lost every single one of the bu- uh, bearing uh, buddies on the trailer. We were using water bottles taped to the hubs to keep the grease in the, in the um, bearings. It's just a nightmare. We've never had a trip on that road where you haven't broken something. <laughs> I don't think any of us have ever heard once anyone say, oh no, it's sweet as a nut. Glass. The road was glass. You never hear that. The water bottles hold the grease in? They did. <laughs> we made it there and back. Water bottles, gaffer tape, fencing wire, cable, cable ties. ties. Yep. How were the numbers you actually landed over the course of the stay? We only were really trying to catch what we wanted to eat, so we only targeted the tuna on the last day. So we, we got the tuna and the mackie so that we could bring it home. Um, other than that, we were happy just watching them because it's so when they're that thick and they're just cruising swells and that you, you just it's it's magic. So we didn't even need to catch them. It was just good fun. And mackies underneath them were they fairly easy to come by? Mackies, yeah, mackies were easy to come by. That we'd find them cruising islands as well. We'd just get a random mackerel come through. So yeah, 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 really good. You're doing some work out at Kewindaway as well. How are those billabongs looking? The, the billabongs are looking really healthy. Um, we just, I don't know if it'll take a few months. The water is pretty cool in those billabongs at the moment. So I don't know if it's a temperature thing that'll get the barrows going. But um, I think maybe in another month or so, it should really light up. Are they still looking pretty full in terms of water levels? Yeah, 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 they are. Um, even on that on the road to the east alligator um all those billabongs look really full and healthy it's just it's magic it's been a good wet season so everything's looking really good good to see you jed no worries boys thank you jed jupe with a great trip to coburg for pelagics another one of my bull market trips timmy Uh, it was actually the day the towers came down we we were up there on coburg peninsula um, catching mackies and we had eight max over a metre stacked up in the boat at one point in time. It is just wow. amazing country. How's the, how's the estuary fishing there? Oh, fantastic too. I remember vividly, one small snag, we pulled 12 species off the one snag with the, with the same lure. Everything from Flathead Valley, GTs, Barra, Mangrove Jack, Catfish, the whole lot. 12 off one snag, same lure? Hand on heart. Do you get your trailer home okay? Uh, you got the trailer home. It was missing some bits. It is a, it's a rough road. It really is a rough road. You can see the pics at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook of those big GTs he got, which he was talking down a bit. I mean, they're pretty bloody big. Yeah, that was sort of... He was saying they... Walking you know, up the that, street like I do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's also interesting on, the, on those pics are what the tuna were feeding on. They look kind of halfway between a little 
standard little bait fish and with the belly of a puff, puffer fish. It was bizarre, like a tarpon with a puffer belly. Yeah. Pics are on Facebook anyway if you want to have a look. Jed also mentioned everything he caught had row in it. The tuna, the max, the queenies. He didn't kill any of the GTs to keep them, obviously, but um, reckon they were pretty fat and might, might have been the same. Good fishing anyhow, Jed. You're listening to Tales from the Tinny. We've been calling it for a few weeks now, but nothing makes it official until you hear this. Another sticky build-up day in the top end. 87% humidity, 29 degrees overnight minimum. The chance, but not the probability, of a late relieving storm and no breeze to speak of. Conditions predicted to continue for the... Build-up time. Mango madness. Murder season. Jock rot season. Harbour glass. And the fishing is steamy. Steamy? It's a bloody sauna. Me thongs are squelching. Thank God for beer. Barra jumping. <laughs> and the snap out wide. Oh, got colour! Goldie! The esky is packed. And your fuel tanks are brimming. So launch, noble fish catch the turn of the tide. One of these mornings, Solus Waters, there'll be a pig for your killing. You'll dong fish after fish. Blood and entrails will fly. But till that morning, Solus Waters, make sure nothing eludes you. Nothing gets past us, mate. Steel traps on a hair trigger. Have your pluggers on the gunnels and your drag cranked up high. Show away. Harbour arms. River mouths. Ocean blasts. Give me a cold. No, no, make that two. I'll pull one over me. Ed. Man, I've got the most horrendous case of cross rod. You wanna have a look? Oh. Tales from the Tinny. Get a mullet up, ya. Go on. You've been dying to try. And there's no time like the present. Tales from the Tinny. And as we move into the build-up and fishing fever, starting to get the better of some, the subterfuge begins. Andy, the red herrings, the counterintelligence. It's a war. We've said that before. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The counterintelligence crucial to winning the war. 
it started to run thick. You've got to watch it at this time of the year, fishos. Sean posted a thing on Facebook. Uh, allegedly a golden trevally on the troll at Corroboree Billabong. Dean Blackman ever up for a, uh, for a yarn. I've been telling you for years, Sean, that you get them at the top of the tide, uh, on, on the big tides in September in Corroboree. They chase the mullet up when the incoming tide gets over the barrage at Shady. Mackey's in, um, in Hardy's too. Sean replies, just adding weight to the counterintelligence. I've been getting them there for a while now, Dean, actually, uh, as a bycatch while trolling for cobia just along the, uh, the Weed Bank Lily line. Pelagics at the bongs. And sadly, the jury has ruled on the question last week, Andy, does it count more from a yak? Karen in Darwin Waters, it does. Reese every single day of the week. Tristan, yep, definitely worth more. Jamie, absolutely, they're worth double. What a legend. Doug, yes, add 25% if caught from a yak. The only voice of reason, Jab Lanka, who says it's worth less. Real men drive real boats. The only time it's permissible for a man to row is if he's a Viking. Hear, hear, Jab Lanka. Nothing to add. The jury has ruled. And from last week, uh, we heard from Stu Hodges. You might remember the metery versus the baby at home. Yep. Bit of Facebook feedback on that. Some sage words. Um, Some parental advice was well, running thick, I thought. Absolutely, and certainly no outrage, Timmy. This has really struck a chord. Bronwyn Atkins, to be honest, I reckon any mum would be beside herself if her hubby came home with that. And to top it off, won them a million bucks. Baby Barra bonus, she Baby says. Barra bonus. <laughs> a smiley face. If you hadn't heard it, you can hear it on the podcast at ABC Tales from uh, the Tinny Online. Stu went out. To Shoal Bay, he got stuck on a sand bay for six hours. His one-day-old baby was at home with Mama, and while he was stuck there, he got a um, he got a metery. Kaylee Green, I'd send him out too. A husband that can bring home a catch like that to feed his wife. Legend, <laughs> stuck on a sandbar, not in a bar. A keeper. <laughs> Good on you, Kay. He's a provider. He's a provider. He's a hunter and gatherer. And he made the best out of a bad situation. That's what I liked about that story. And Jab Lanka. Jab Lanka has been the voice of reason on Yaks. Was 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 he here too? He's got his priorities right there, says Jab Lanka. Meter Barra versus a new kid. Kids are easy to make. Meteries aren't easy to come by. Here, here. The following message is a co-production by the Top End Fishing Community and Tales from the Tinny. Locations may be shrouded in mystery, names may be changed, and the truth may be stretched. A lot. All in the name of producing the Tales from the Tinny podcast. Available at abc.net.au slash tinny on the ABC Listen app or your preferred podcast provider. Tim, you mentioned it earlier, Joe Starling and her team took out the secret women's business competition last weekend at Corroboree. Beard and I caught up with her uh, while you were out of the office. I don't think I'm allowed to talk to you blokes about it, am I? Surely it's not secret now. It's out in the um, open, isn't it? No, yeah, it's been blown wide open. We, uh, we pre-fished for a day and a half only to discover what wasn't working and where fish weren't. Good. So, so on day one of the tournament, we looked at each other and said, we're still pre-fishing. And that was our plan. We had identified that uh, because, because there weren't any fish in everywhere that we had tried, we thought we'd go to the rock hole because we hadn't put, we'd been in, driven in, it looked nice and cool, mm. and so we hadn't wet a line. So it took us probably the best part of that first hour on some missed 
strikes and all of that sort of thing to work out that what the fish wanted was an unweighted weedless plastic thrown deep in the lily. So using the electric to steer it, we drift fished along the front of, um, of the lily pads on one bank for the entire two days. Nice. Scientific yep. approach. Try it. If it doesn't work, try something else. We went in with a plan A, go and catch fish. One fish at a time, grind it out, and that's what we did. Top angler, top team. What you, you got? A, you took it out with uh, four sixty-one points. Tough conditions, though, by the sounds. Tough conditions. It, it most certainly was. <laughs> Joe, yeah. something special about your team, uh, over and above the fact that you won. Um, tell us a bit about the makeup of the team and, and what that was all about. We are the Barra Printers, and uh, we. Uh, my girlfriend Vicky Lear, who is a uh, pro team angler. She and I have uh, been fishing all over the country and, and teamed up because we're very like-minded. And what we do, instead of um, going up and fishing competitively, we take a mentee on every year. We had um, a young lady called Rebecca Roberts, and she is now a fully capable, backs, backs the trailer for us, drives the boat if need be. It's kind of like... Um, Training up a chauffeur. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see what this is about. This, this is, this is doing very good work. She also contributed to our score off her own rod as well, which was fantastic on both days. Now yeah, I but... hear on the grapevine that you might be heading off uh, to compete in a kayak fishing grand final somewhere in Australia. You're a qualified kayak fisher. I've got a really important question for you in just a minute. You, you, you better you better be quick, Joe, because Tim's probably going to get back any second. And uh, and whilst now you are amongst friends, um, <laughs> the minute he walks back into the studio, it's all over Red Rover. So we better ask that question first. Joe, Joe, we've got a bit of debate going here on the tinny at the moment about whether or not it counts more when you catch a fish from a kayak. Oh, absolutely. Except that I think you're all mad if you're putting kayaks in the water amongst the crocs. I have personal opinion about their their profile looking somewhat like a um, like a crocodile coming in. But you know, more power to you. Um, I guess you're faster than me. But for sure, I agree with you 100%. Especially a big fish because you've got to be you, you know you you don't have the the electric just to whack on and and pull. It's all human power, and um, the fish have, have certainly got the advantage over the angler in a kayak. There are two trains of thought for the people who think it doesn't count more. One is they're too scared to try it, or B, they've tried it and they're not good enough. Oh, look at that. That's a wrap, Andy. My oath. Joe, you've done outstandingly. Congratulations to you and your team on the Secret Women's Business. Congratulations also for taking on that mentee. That's a wonderful initiative and good luck for the future. And finally, thanks for being on the side of the kayakers. See ya. Yeah, okay. It's pretty clear why you did that when I was out at lunch. Yet another stitch-up. I thought we had enough of that last week. Well, you heard her, mate. There's a couple of options there. Which is it? They're too scared to try it, or being they've tried it and they're not good enough. Probably a bit of both, Andy. Tried it not good enough and a little bit scared. Well, there's a standing offer there, mate. I've got two seats on the kayak and one of them's got your name How did you it. go? You haven't mentioned how you went yet. We went on the water, uh, and it was a really beautiful morning. <laughs> <laughs> we saw turtles, we saw birds, <laughs> yeah, we saw... Hey, I'm not coming. Uh, I'm not coming. We caught a shark. Yeehaw, Andy. <laughs> so we should turn to the scoreboard as well. There were 36 teams. Yeah, change the topic. Good idea. Well, you want to know the score, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seat's still got your name on it. 36 teams, 119 anglers... Really tough fishing, though, as you heard Joe say. 83 fish caught in total, only 16 barra, 67 toga. I mean, they're the stats that confirm what we've been hearing for the past few months. The Billabong's chock-a-block with toga this year. Mm. 
Biggest barrow was 82 centimetres, caught by uh, Natalie Harrison from Team Bazazzle. Roger, roger. Well done to everyone involved. boys, it's Rachel Kanar from Fanny Bay here. Got my parents up visiting from Victoria at the moment, so my partner Greg and I took them down to Dundee on the weekend. Um, Dad had said he wanted to catch a big dewy, so we arrived on the Saturday night and initially it was quite windy, but as the sun was setting, the wind slowed down. Unfortunately, it was my partner Greg that managed to wheel in that, that giant dewy on the first night. The next day we headed off about oh, seven o'clock in the morning. It was pretty glassy, a bit of leftover chop. Thought we'd have a bit of a go at some reef fish out near Blaze. Mix things up a bit with bait and a bit of jigging. We managed to pull out a few goldies. Uh, Greg managed to get a coral trout, which was another trophy fish. So still, so far, Dad's not really doing too well. It wasn't long before we got Dad onto a tuna, so he quite enjoyed that. It put on quite a fight and circled the boat a few times. So day three, Greg and I were getting a bit nervous. We wanted to get Dad onto some good stuff. So we thought, oh well. We'll have a go for some barra. Um, he hasn't done a lot of barra fishing, so we thought we'd just do some trawling. Target a lot of coastal rock all the way around Fog Bay there, as far as Point Jenning. I managed to hook a oh, 60 odd centimetre barra, which was good, and we got that in and thought, oh, here's the daughter moment. Do I give dad the lure that's worked here? No, do the right thing, hand that lure over. Less than a minute later, boof! This thing's just leapt straight out of the water and I've just called it straight up a metery. I was getting a little bit too excited, so I was like, Greg, I'll get the net, you coach Dad. I don't think Dad said a word. He was that nervous about getting this fish in. He went under the boat a few times. I was getting nervous and trying to bite my nails so I wouldn't, wouldn't interfere with the amazing coaching that was going on. Beautiful landing in the net and 101, so we were pretty, <laughs> thought that was pretty good. Yeah, I was just so stoked for him. Such a proud daughter moment. I couldn't have been prouder of him. That's what fishing's all about. Oh. On you, Dad. On you, Rachel. Isn't that a beautiful story, though? She's handed the lure to her dad, you know? I mean, we're parents. Sometimes as parents, you invest so much and you get a little dividend back like yeah, that. Yeah, you want a return. Of course you do. You want a return on investment. Congratulations to all Kenners involved. Yeah, good day, Bob Morris, Shoal Bay Sport Fishing here. Bob, how's Shoal Bay been looking? Shoal Bay looks really good this year. Water temperature's been up early. Fish started early, like right through August. We've been getting some nice fish in the 70s and 80s, which is sort of build-up barras, those nice big fat build-up barras. They were a bit tentative early, but now they're biting really well. Like when they hit a bait, they're just taking it. So I reckon we're about a month ahead of what normally happens. And there's been, even been some spawning. I've been getting little baby barrows in the net, you know. So there has been some spawning. So there's a, there must be some big fish around somewhere. But most of the fish we've been getting have been in that 70 to 80 centimetre range with the odd one up around 90, you know. Tuesday I was talking to a couple of fellas who fished the rock. And they a lot of little fish there. They fished all day for all undersized fish. But they witnessed a 110 getting caught at the rock on Tuesday, you know, which... Is early, but that's that's a good sign for the rock over. The rock will really start to fire in the next few weeks. How's bait been looking? Good amount? Best year I've ever seen on bait, I think, because of the big wet season. Like normally, this time of year we're really struggling to get bait, but I have, don't think I've had a day all year where I've struggled to get bait. It's been a great year for bait. I'm just thinking, your relationship with the, the humble mullet must be a, a pretty special one. 
Oh, it can be a frustrating one sometimes. <laughs> one day years ago I did a fishing tour and we left left the ramp at 9 o'clock and I caught my first mullet at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, so That's a pretty hard day's work, but we still caught three barrow that day. So Some days it's easy, you get them all in a couple of throws of the net and some day it's just tireless work all day long. You Because know? when you've got three customers and you've got to keep them up and the things are biting and they're using a lot of mullet, sometimes you need up to 100 mullet in a day, you know. Generally what we do with a low tide is the earlier you get the bait the better, the mullet get harder as the day goes on. Uh, and if you can get them, basically when you can first get out of the boat, I like to get out of the boat and chase them, you try and chase them in the boat, it's hard, even harder, but if, as soon as you can get out on those sandbars and the water's dropped enough, go and chase your mullet, like the river's usually running too fast to fish at that stage anyway. So just spend that first hour and you can usually, if you like yesterday, we caught enough mullet in that first hour to fish the whole day, you know. Just talking tides, what tide's best for fishing Shoal Bay this time of year? Well, this time of year, low tide fishing is the go. That's, that's where you get your good quality fish. You don't want really neat tides. You want a bit of movement. But then to say that, you don't want eight metre tides either, you know, because it gets very hard. Although there are some spots you can fish on eight metre and we've had some really good days on big tides too, but... But generally, if you're bait fishing, I like to have tides around the 7 metre high mark with, say, a 2 metre low, something like that. And with lure fishing, I think it's very critical to fish after the neeps, those first tides around the 4 metre with a movement mark. So you've got about 2.5 or 2 to 6 metres or 6.5 metres. So there's still a bit of clarity in the water for your lures. But once the tides get up a bit, the clarity in the water gets hard to get them on lures. In terms of catching those bigger girls around those low tides, I'm guessing that means uh, a lot of shallow water runs. What does that mean for for your rig, for your setup? People, I think, in fishing confuse themselves. They try to get too technical, too smart. Just a simple rig, running sinker, right down to your hook and a mullet on the end, you know. And the big fish, they'll come along. Or Every hole in Shoal Bay has got fish in it. So you got anything with more than a metre and a half of water even 1200 mil of water and they'll be fishing there it's just a matter of getting the fish to eat and whether they want to eat and the bigger the mullet you can get the better if you can get a 12 inch mullet put it on because the big barra will eat that no problem at all and that's how you get your big barras hook through the back or through the nose i put them up through the shoulder where they get that fleshy part so it doesn't hurt the fish it doesn't kill the fish and it's close to the head because the barra takes the fish first so that hooks close to to where he takes it how you been doing on the crabbing front our crabs have been awesome this year. We've been, the other day I got 25 crabs while I was catching bait. But the crab quality has deteriorated a bit, which is normal this time of year. A lot of jennies now, a lot of smaller crabs. The big bucks are getting a bit scarcer. But you still get a good feed of crab if you go crabbing. A lot of, a lot of jennies around now. Doing this kind of uh, fishing for barra in Shoal Bay, how much attention do you pay to the moon phase? I'll give an up looking at it. <laughs> When you're a guide, you've got to go fishing when the people want to go, so you've got to learn, and you do learn after 15 years of doing it, that you can catch fish on any tide. you just got to change what you're doing. I think too many people get stuck in their head that unless the tide's doing that, we're not going to catch a fish. But I've been out on the days when it's supposed to be the greatest days to catch fish and not get a bite, and I've been out on days when it's supposed to be terrible and cleaned up. So I just fish each day on its merits and fish each day as the tide suits that day. You know. Beauty. Thanks, Bob. No worries, guys. Thank you. Bob Morris from Shoal Bay Sports Fishing. It sounds like Shoal Bay is um, ahead of its time at this time of the year. It sounds really, really promising. It does, doesn't it? October, November is an exciting time for Shoal Bay. Mm. Every hole in Shoal Bay 
has got a fish in it. They're beautiful words. They are beautiful words. I love Barra. <laughs> you getting a bit emotional? I was just hearing that story earlier on in the, in the show. It's bringing it all back. Thanks very much this week to The Beard. Of course, valiantly fighting for justice. I don't know why. It just felt right to make him sound like a superhero this week. He's trimmed his beard, though. Controversial. A little short, I would think. He's more like the stubble. So thanks to the stubble, Joel Spry, Bob Morris, Joe Starling, Rachel Kenner, Jed Jupe, Meg Carr, Harry Renfrey, Alastair Hubble and to you for joining in as you do every week at ABC Tales from the Tinny on Facebook via 1300 Mullet via the email fishing at abc.net.au Thanks to you, Paggy Andy. Thank you, Tim. See you next week. This is Tales from the Tinny. Gone. Get him all up here.